And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll take a look at the latest prospect call-up and a couple of closers who have been shaky of late. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. I have not had uh, three cold brews yet. It works great in a fantasy I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. Michael Beller and Al Melchior here with you Tuesday, August 24th. The news and notes starts off with the big one. Edward Cabrera will make his Major League debut on Wednesday against Washington. He's pitched across three levels of the minors this season and has done pretty darn well across those three levels. 61 and a third innings, 92 Ks, 25 walks, a 2.93 ERA. Al, where are you? Where are you interested, and how deeply are you interested in Cabrera? I'm very deeply interested. I'm interested pretty much everywhere in this uh, this call up. I mean, he's had a really nice uh, nice season. Like you said, split across three levels, but the bulk of that coming at AAA. So uh, doing very well against uh, level of competition that I think he has nothing left to to prove against, and uh, gets a nice home park for his uh, his home starts. Uh, so 12 teamers. I think it's fair game at this point. There you go. Edward Cabrera, a nice big prospect call up late in the season. Always like to see that. Kenta Maeda going to the IL with forearm tightness. Tim Anderson sat out again on Monday because of leg soreness. Matt Chapman was scratched with a bruised foot. Nelson Cruz expected to be activated from the COVID-19 list on Tuesday. Alex Bregman and Kyle Tucker may be evaluated on Tuesday with the possibility of activation, Alex Bregman still with that hamstring. Kyle Tucker on the COVID list. Akil Badu activated from the concussion IL. Wilson Contreras could finally return to the Cubs lineup on Friday. He's been on the IL with a knee injury. Gio Urshela could return to Thursday. He's been out with a hamstring issue. Glaber Torres go, could go on a rehab assignment next week. He would be a welcome addition back in New York. Miguel Andujar, someone who the Yankees thought they were getting back soon, uh, unfortunately suffered a setback during his rehab assignment. So he was actually placed on the 60-day. IL will look for more developments there in the next couple of days. Kyle Lewis may begin a rehab assignment this weekend. He had knee surgery earlier in the summer. Let's talk about some closers here. Al Zach Britton going to the IL. No surprise there with what he's been dealing with over the last couple of weeks. Matt Barnes blew another save against Texas. He gave up three singles and a double, got just one out. He has two losses and two blown saves in his last five outings. Obviously, the uh, American League wildcard race is suddenly really, really a fun race, and the Red Sox are in the thick of it. Any concerns of a change in Boston with Barnes struggling and the team fighting for its playoff life? I think we have to start thinking about it now. I've not seen anything to indicate that this is imminent for Matt Barnes. He's probably earned uh, some some goodwill there with uh, being very steady for the, the mm-hmm. bulk of the season. So I think it's just one that we watch a little bit more closely right now. Uh, I suppose in leagues where 
saves are extremely scarce that uh, maybe you make a, a preemptive move and pick up Adam Adovino. But I think for me, the, the more immediate implication is just that if I have an opportunity to sit Barnes, that I probably will. The, another team that's in that race, Oakland, also dealing with some uh, a closer who is suddenly struggling. That is Lou Trevino. He blew a save and took a loss against Seattle. Five runs and just five outs gotten in his last two appearances. And since August 1st, it's been pretty ugly for Trevino. Nine and two-thirds innings, six Ks, four walks, two homers, a 12% swinging strike rate, swinging strike rate, excuse me, and an 11.3% called strike rate al any same question any concern of a a move here do you just maybe sit trevino for the time being uh again i think it's a very similar situation where uh i think that uh, trevino's probably earned himself a a little bit of a longer uh longer uh turn here to uh to work things out but um yeah it's it's definitely troubling and it definitely uh at least to me seems like trevino's got a little less of a, a margin of error to work with here because unlike barnes not typically a big swing and miss guy. You did know that mm-hmm. he's getting, it's odd because during this, uh, you know, almost a month now where he's really not been that effective, he is getting swings and swinging strikes, but hitters are just swinging at everything that he's offering. I mean, very, very few called strikes there. So to me, that's just as concerning as not getting the whiffs. Yeah, definitely, and maybe a shorter leash on Trevino than there is on Barnes. Uh, For the Cubs, finally breaking that home losing streak, Manuel Rodriguez pitched the top of the ninth in a tie game against Colorado, ended up getting the win. Cody Hoyer had pitched the eighth inning with the Cubs trailing, so there might not be too many save opportunities for the Cubs the remainder of the season, but Hoyer looking like he's first in line for that. Manuel Rodriguez, someone to keep in mind as well. Let's get to the Monday standouts here. Al Hunter Renfro hit his 23rd home run of the season. He's now the 27th ranked outfielder in 5 by 5 Roto Leagues and on track to exceed 500 plate appearances for the first time in his career. It's been a hell of a season for Renfro that'll have us reconsidering him and where he stands in our big game here in 2022. I think so. And I think that that playing time uh, stat that you cited is, is really a key one here because Renfro's not necessarily doing anything that's all that different from what he's done with the Padres and with the Rays in the past, but it's just with the Red Sox, he's, he's gotten a more regular role. And uh, so you're seeing those counting stats go up and that's uh, like you said, put him in the top 30 among outfielders and in, in Roto rankings. I wouldn't necessarily draft him there next year, but but maybe not too far off of that. And I do think that that's definitely a change for him uh, as compared to previous seasons. It's been uh, it's surprising too in that he's gotten this playing time in Boston. You would have thought that maybe it would have come at one of his previous stops where he's a consistent player, but doing it for the Red Sox and doing it very well with those 23 homers, a 254 batting average, 68 runs and 72 RBI. Emmanuel Rivera, three for four with a double against Houston. He's now hitting 295 with a line drive rate that is approaching 30%. Where does he interest you in the fantasy world? Uh, maybe deep mixed leagues. I, at, at this point, it's still primarily AL only. And the fact that Rivera's pretty much got that third base jock job locked down for the Royals. Um, I mean, you know, anybody that's got a regular job for the most part, they're taken up in your AL only leagues yep. or, you know, your only leagues in general. But the fact that he is hitting for average, I mean, if this were based more on him striking out less, it's not that Rivera strikes out a lot, but if this were based on striking out less than we expected, I probably would be a lot more interested, but line drive rates tend to rise and fall and probably be a little regression there. But uh, if nothing else, you could uh, maybe ride the hot streak with him in a 15-teamer. 
All right, Daniel Lynch doing it again, Al. We seem to talk about him every time he takes the mound, and here he is again. A nice start at Houston. Went five innings, gave up just one run on six hits and three walks. So he walked between the raindrops a little bit, but ultimately got the job done. And over his last six starts, 35 and two-thirds innings, 29 Ks, 14 walks, three homers, a 2-2-7 ERA. The ERA estimator's not liking him quite so much, but look at this murderer's row of uh, lineups he's faced two times against Houston. Yankees, White Sox, Blue Jays, and Tigers, and the guy has held his head comfortably above water. I, I can throw the ERA estimators out in this instance, given what he dealt with earlier in the season, how young he is, and the fact that the bottom line results have been there. Yeah, they have, and again, I think that schedule is really crucial, because if you look at the indicators, or really all the ones that you mentioned, the fact that the strikeout-to-walk ratio is uh, not as high as you would like it to be, uh, that he is relying on contact management a little bit more than you'd like to see. But yeah, you look at the lineups and if you can, you know, post an XFIP or Sierra that's in the mid fours against those teams that he's faced collectively, um, you know, that bodes pretty well for when the schedule gets a little bit easier for Lynch. Absolutely. And someone who I think will be an interesting guy to look at in 2022 redraft leagues. Al's boy, Waskar Inoa, coming through with another decent start. A quality start, six innings and three runs allowed. Did that on four hits and a walk. Struck out nine against the Yankees. Are there any leagues where you're backing off Inoa in any sort of way? So shallower leagues, are you backing off rostering him? Deeper leagues, are you maybe not starting him every time he takes the mound? Or is this just a set it and forget it sort of play? I, I think that at this point, uh, if there's anything actionable with a no, it's not a kind of backing off. It's seeing if he's available anywhere because this is a really encouraging start against the Yankees. At the nine strikeouts with the fact that he'd held them to a run going into the sixth inning. Um, and you look at how he did with this matchup and how the Yankees are playing right now. And it's hard to imagine any matchup where I wouldn't feel comfortable starting a Noah in any format at this point. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. We've got three more pitchers who stood out on Monday. I want to group them together because they're probably a step down from there. Humberto Mejia, Antonio Sensatella, and Paul Blackburn, all with good starts, all in good matchups as well. Humberto Mejia did his work against the Pirates. Sensatella did his against the Cubs. Blackburn did his against Seattle. So none of those teams going out there and you know doing what Lynch did against the Astros or what Anoa did against the Yankees. But do you look at any of those three guys and say, yeah, I could kick the tires on that guy is something more than a streamer? I would say the, the first two that you mentioned, uh, Mejia and Sensatella. And as far as Mejia goes, uh, if I was wearing a hat right now, I would be tipping it to Derek Van Riper <laughs> because he called this yesterday a small group of potential streamers, but he said this was actually the one he was interested in. And yeah, obviously the, the match against the Pirates in Pittsburgh had a lot to do with that. But Mejia, pretty solid in the minors uh, with the Diamondbacks and even before that with the Marlins. So I think there's something to this with him, and I'm not sure what the Diamondbacks' longer-range plans are for Mejia. They've been uh, kind of taggling pictures in and out of that fifth starter spot, but uh, I'm watching this one closely because I think there's mixed-league appeal there with Mejia. Sensatella is somebody that we didn't even talk about as a potential streamer, even with a great matchup. Uh, I think that was a mistake because he's really been consistently very, I'll say very solid. I guess you could say good, but over his last 11 starts, he's only had two, and, and one of them is this one against the Cubs he's only had two starts over that extended stretch where he's walked more than one batter so he doesn't strike uh, guys out very much but um, you know they get swinging strikes often enough to, to make him relevant and he's not walking anybody and he's throughout his career been really good 
at not giving up home runs, not giving up extra base hits. So, you know, it's kind of the, the meatloaf special, two out of three. It's not, <laughs> it's not bad for Sensatella. And with a good matchup like this, we probably should pay more attention. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's get on to Tuesday's streamers. We start with a streamer-to-streamer matchup in Drew Rasmussen and Ranger Suarez. Then we've got Tanner Houck against the Twins, Eli Morgan against the Rangers, Justin Steele against the Rockies, Eric Fetty against the Marlins, and Sammy Long against the Mets. Who stands out to you, Al? Who are you prioritizing as a streamer for Tuesday? Uh, this is tough because I like a lot of these uh, potential streamers here and uh, not at the top of my list, but I'm going to uh, put on another hat and tip that one to DVR because on the weekend uh, waiver show, he brought up Justin Steele as a streamer for the week, had totally been sleeping on him, but um, you know, good enough numbers, I think, to to merit a start against the Rockies uh, when they're away from Coors Field. But I think out of this whole group, the, the most intriguing to me is Tanner Houck, um, just you know, a quality pitcher that... Uh, I think the only concern that you have beyond just daily streaming is, you know, how are the Red Sox going to use him going forward? They've kind of pulled him on and off of the the active roster, sending him down, but it's really just been more roster management and not any kind of uh, statement about how they view Hauk. So Tanner Hauk against the Twins, I would twi- uh, I would trust him completely. Eli Morgan against the Rangers, definitely good enough to take advantage of that matchup. So Hauk and Morgan, I think, would be my top priorities. I started Fetty in a uh, weekly league this week uh, because of starts against the Marlins and then later on against the Mets, both on the road. So um, not a top priority for me to start Fetty, but uh, I'd feel perfectly comfortable if you know somebody like Hauk or Morgan were not available. All right, now let's wrap things up with our prospect spotlight. We're going to start with Juan Yepes. Uh, started the year at Double A, but has spent uh, the bulk of it at Triple A uh, Memphis, and has done so very well, hitting two seventy one with a three seventy four OBP and sixteen homers in two hundred sixty two plate appearances. Luis Frias, uh, right handed pitcher for the Diamondbacks, was promoted to Reno Triple A level on August sixteenth for the season. Seventy eight and two thirds, ninety one Ks, twenty five walks, sixteen homers, eleven of those at home. So you know that environment not necessarily the best at a 5.26 ERA at double a Amarillo what do you look for with these guys the rest of the season with an eye on 2022 all right well uh I think in the case of Frias maybe I'm keeping an eye on him for 2021 I'm I'm not saying it's necessarily probable that we'll see Frias in the Dimebacks rotation but as we were just talking about there's been a, a little bit of instability in that rotation. So I think that if uh, Frias does uh, pitch well at Reno and there's an opportunity, maybe we do see him uh, in September. So it's just a little something to watch. Uh, but also another thing too with Frias is that if he is available in your dynasty leagues and you are looking ahead to 2022 and beyond that those home road splits are really, uh, I think key because I think a lot of people are going to sleep on Frias. They'll look at those overall numbers and not realize that the sod poodles and yes i just look for an opportunity to say sod poodles <laughs> uh, they do have a really really hitter friendly home park so um something to take into consideration yepes is interesting too because we've talked over the course of this season michael about a number of hitters or or pitchers for that matter who have really 
elevated their game from 2019 since we didn't really know what was going on development-wise in 2020. And Yepes is definitely one of those in the Cardinals system, just uh, developing some power that, uh, you know, from scouting reports, it looked like the potential was there, but we really hadn't seen it in the numbers. So I don't know where he fits in the Cardinals plan. Maybe he gets traded, maybe uh, an outfielder gets traded, but uh, definitely a player to watch. All right, and that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. Rate, review, and subscribe, all of that fun stuff. We're back with you on Wednesday. Al and I are. Until then, enjoy all the baseball on Tuesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.